everyone, and thanks for joining me for another podcast. My next guest, I was extremely excited to get to come on. She's very knowledgeable in nutrition, and fitness plays a big part in my life, and it should play a big part in everybody's life. But what I really respect about her is that she practices what she preaches. That means she won't preach it until she's actually tried it herself. And that's something that I admire very much, especially in fitness, a world full of charlatans. I introduce to you guys the very humble and very knowledgeable Fallon Mercedes. So we're live. All right, Fallon, thank you so much for coming back again. Um, this is actually a problem that I have to figure out because this is the third time that I've had to do a second podcast with a guest because of internet problems. No problem. I think it was actually my fault, but you know what I'm doing right now? I am recording on my end too, on my other laptop. So therefore, we'll, we'll be double um, good. We have yeah. <laughs> multiple pieces covered. That's a good idea. I should have I should have done that myself, but I guess it's good on my end. It's just it didn't get yours. But anyways, thanks for coming on. We had a fantastic conversation. We really so we're gonna, did. It was really good. Yeah, so we're going to try to double that up and, <laughs> and, and stick to it as close as possible. So the reason I really wanted you on the, on the podcast, Fallon, is because in the age of COVID, I think a percentage of the people have uh, woken, up, woken up to the fact that they have to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the people also do not know how to do that. Um, and they just think it's about working out, working out and killing themselves in the gym and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is where you come in. So what, what, it is that, what is it that you specialize in, Fallon? So um, I've been a you know certified personal trainer, health coach for many, many years now. But recently I got certified as a nutritionist and then um, an herbalist. So what I realized is that, like you said, you can work out, but if you're not introducing the proper foods and nutrients and vitamins and supplementation, you're not going to see the results that you need to see. And especially right now during COVID, you know, we're not going outside as much as we should be. Um, and it's about to be cold out. So, you know, you need to be supplementing with vitamin D. Um, you should be taking a good multivitamin. You should be taking, um, you know, depending on what your body needs, you have to kind of look at it and see, okay, what areas do I need help, help in? I think for everybody, like elderberry is great just for immune support. Um, You know, you should be getting good sleep if you're not. There's supplementation for that. Um, But yeah, there's, you need to be eating, you know, less fried food, less refined carbs, more vegetables, more fruits. And just what I've learned through my own education and experience with my own health issues is that food is truly medicine. So, yeah. So, is there, an explanation why just working out won't get you to, you know, to, to achieve your goals. Why is supplementation so important? Yeah. I think, you know, when you look at the body, it's more than just physical, you know, you have mind, body, soul connection, you know, your organs have functions so you can build all the muscle you want. And that's great because you'll probably be burning a lot of body fat, which That's great. But if your organs aren't functioning properly, and you probably know this, Jose, because you're big into fitness, and a lot of 
bodybuilders, like old school bodybuilders, now that they're getting older, they're in their 60s and 70s, like look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. He just had a heart transplant. Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. And there's another one um, my husband follows. Um, He always swears. He's he's always cursing. He's funny. Um, Is it Ronnie Coleman? It's not Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman also has health issues, but... There's another one. I for, I forget his name, but he yeah. he just had a heart transplant as well. So now, what do you think that is? It's because all they they were doing was hitting the gym and eating a bunch of steaks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you know I think steroids plays into it too, but that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, if you're not really you know giving your body the a good supplementation routine and good nutrition. You know, it's going to burn out. And now Arnold Schwarzenegger, in the last couple of years, he became vegan. Now he sees you don't need so much protein to build muscle. But now it's too late. You know, he had a, he had a couple heart attacks. And this last one, he had to have a heart transplant. Oh, wow. A life-changing experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those guys were definitely about, you know, eat a bunch of calories and go lift a bunch of heavyweight. Uh, that's what it's about. Um, and I know um, I've had a couple, because uh, I have my own podcast too, and I've interviewed a lot of people who are more into like the natural, naturopathic um, side of medicine, and they, they often will compare your body to like a sports car. They'll, they'll say, if you have a sports car, say you have a Ferrari, you're yep. not just going to you know, beat it up or a race car. What do they do after a race? And even during the race, there's multiple stops, pit stops where they change the tires. They put, you know, oil change. They put the best of the best in the car so it could function at its best. And that's how we need to start thinking about our body is we need to take care of it on all levels, mentally, spiritually, physically, internally, so that it can, you know, do and perform at an optimal level. So there's, I don't know if you've heard of blue zone countries. I have not. No, what's that? So blue zone countries, those are the countries that have the healthiest and longest living populations in the world. So one of those places is in Japan and it's a small village and they live to about 118, 120 give or take <laughs> years old. And the reason is, is because they eat minimal processed foods. They, you know, get enough sunlight, they exercise, they stress little, but they're eating tons of fiber. They're eating tons of vegetables and fruits. So I think, you know, we need to somehow get back to that. And I know we have, you know, all the technology in the world, but that's not going to help us. It seems like we're going backwards here in America. We are the richest. We are like, you know, advanced, but we are also the unhealthiest, one of the unhealthiest countries. So I think that should be a wake up call for us all, especially after the coronavirus. Yeah, I, I guess, and there may not be an answer to this, is more of what's your opinion on this, but 
how does a normal American like you and I function and, you know, the food industry and the capitalism that's behind it and the power that's behind, you know, these processed foods and having a McDonald's on every single corner? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you combat that? So getting back to the blue zones, what's interesting yep. is that in Japan, they never had like colon cancer or uterine or breast cancers or um, prostate cancers until the 1980s, I believe, 1990s. Okay. And, you know, scientists were like, okay, that doesn't make sense. They have some of the largest blue zone populations in Japan. Now, why are some areas all of a sudden getting these certain type of cancers, which are very similar to the cancers that strike our country here in America? And that's yeah. because they introduced um, westernized foods in fast food restaurants. So McDonald's and Burger King. So now they're eating a lot of processed meats. And now that's why they're starting to see higher rates of certain diseases that they never had before. That is extremely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, being here and everything is fast and convenient there's only so long that your body can keep up with it. So, you know, I'm Dominican and my great grandmother lived to 104 years old. Right. Okay. And you don't, in my family and her siblings, like you didn't see diabetes. You didn't see a lot of the the cancers, but second generation, first generations that come here, now we're starting to see those diseases that we didn't have in our family back in DR. So that just shows you even just one generation coming to America. And this is very common for other, um, other backgrounds, you know, that, that come here, that migrate here. Yeah. First generation, they're getting diseases that their families have never saw before. And again, it's because of the type of, food that we have here. So I think, you know, you really got to make sure that you're getting back to as natural as you can. I think the first thing is you got to cook from home. You know, my first job, 14 years old, was working at McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts. And I can tell you (laughs) (laughs) the, the way they cook food, and I'm pretty sure it's even worse now. You can't consume that every day. You just can't. It's your body just can't continue to break it down. When you're a teenager, you know, you have a high metabolism and, you know, you're pretty healthy. But usually, you know, once you hit late 20s, 30s, your body starts breaking down and all that waste that you put into your system starts to show up through your health. Yeah, I see that. Now, when you say, you know, I know processed foods is a thing and you brought up processed meats. Is there a real difference between processed meats and, say, um, like pure grass fed beef? Or do they just fall in the same area where it's like the animal is already mm-hmm. kind of tainted? So the meat's already tainted regardless where you get it. Where do you stand on that? So I'll never forget. I was sitting next to a surgeon on an airplane and it was a long flight. I think I was coming back from Cali when I lived over there back to mass. 
And I just picked his brain for the four and a half, five hours, how long <laughs> it was. And he was so nice because he let me. But one of the things that stuck out to me that he told me was that the the highest grade of antibiotics that he has access to as a surgeon, farmers have access to, to give animals. Huh. So the problem with especially meat that is not organic is that there's so many hormones, there's so many antibiotics, there's so much stuff. And and of course they feed it them soy and corn yeah. and things that are not good for them that they're not supposed to be eating and then we're eating which isn't good for us um a lot of gmo a lot of um it's just yeah it's not healthy overall but especially the hormones and the antibiotics that they put in them it okay. really wreaks havoc anything that you consume or an animal consumes and then you consume your it's going to go into your body as well you know like yeah there's a lot of protein in meat but there's a lot of other things in those animals and then not to mention you know they have a lot of um fat in them and that you know leads to high cholesterol and heart disease and other things when we consume those animals so for right. organic food i will say i do believe it's better just because okay. You know, you're not getting all those antibiotics. You're not getting all those hormones. However, technically in the U.S., an animal can be classified as organic as long as when they're a baby, like a calf or a, you know, a little animal, as long as they're a baby and they're being grass fed, but once they hit adulthood for that animal, they can eat anything and still be classified as organic. Oh, geez. So, <laughs> so it's a, it's when a loophole. You're spending five, ten more dollars on that piece of meat because you're you're like, you know what? This is organic. This is healthy. Yeah. You really don't know how healthy that animal is. And I'll tell you, even with dairy. So I don't know if you know this, but just like humans, in order to produce milk, um, a female needs to be pregnant. So cows can only give milk when they're pregnant. So what they do with these female cows is they artificially inseminate them and keep them pregnant all of their lives. So they're never not pregnant in order to produce milk. So when a woman is pregnant, you have higher hormone levels. You have more prolactin to produce more milk and other hormones. Now, that and then on top of that, they're putting antibiotics and steroids and other of things. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not only is it like horrible to think, dang, this poor cow is always pregnant. Like how horrible yeah, does yeah. that feel? I've actually never thought of that. And that's insane to think about. Yeah. But then <laughs> when you're drinking, you know, the milk or eating the cheese, 
yeah. you are getting all those hormones. So one thing about me, I, I do health coaching. Um, recently, the last two years, I started health coaching kids because there's been the epidemic with child obesity and um, diabetes in children, which was yeah. a never heard of thing. Type 2 onset diabetes was considered only for adults, but as of recent, now children are getting diabetes. So I started coaching kids, and what I realized is that girls are starting to get their periods so early. The average girl in the world, the age to get her period is between 14 and 17. In the U.S., girls are getting their periods as young as I've even had girls get their period at eight years old. Really? And the first thing, and doctors are starting to even understand this and starting to recommend this. Yeah. Telling the parents to get them off the dairy. Because what happens as a female, the longer a female is exposed to higher level of hormones, especially estrogen in her lifetime, her yep. chances of getting estrogen related cancers go up tenfold. So the okay. younger you are and you're starting to, you know, develop as a woman and break out and then get your period, you are going to have a higher chance of when you get older having certain or getting certain cancers. So they're they're really suggesting, you know, cut out the dairy. And that's one thing that I'm telling all my clients and even my family members, the girls, you know, and my family, my niece, she's nine years old and, you know, she got her period. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, that's not yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Now in the span and this this transition from 14 to 17 down to, you know, eight or nine years old. In, in the span of what time did that start to happen? You know, I don't know because I just started okay. working with children in the last two years and I just started researching, but yeah. I, I would assume in just like the last like five or 10 years. I mean, I've okay. heard some girls when I was younger getting their periods earlier than normal, but now yeah. it's becoming so common it's it's yeah. really becoming common for girls to be getting their period in second and third grade. Not that you know of is this is this affecting boys? I'm sorry. Um for boys, you know, yeah. I don't know um just because they don't get their menstrual cycles, but I imagine okay. if they're consuming the same foods as girls, I imagine so. But what I do know is that, you know, boys and girls also children they're getting higher rates of diabetes like i was saying earlier and insulin resistance which is what you get usually before you get diabetes okay can you explain what insulin resistance so insulin resistance is when your your kidneys can't keep up with all of i guess the glucose that's coming in okay so Glucose is basically sugar. So whenever you eat any form of sugar or you eat carbs and carbs, when you eat carbs, it turns into sugar in the body. So then what happens is that your liver starts excreting like more hormones trying to compensate. And then you just, you have a bunch of insulin 
kind of floating in your system, but it's not being, it's not being utilized. It's not being broken down. Wow. Okay. And, and that, that makes you diabetic because why is that, why does that become a problem? Do you know? Well, what I'm learning now is that it's yes, the sugar, you shouldn't be consuming tons of sugar. And we do every day. Like, yeah, it's especially the kids, you know, they're going to McDonald's and consuming supersized meals with supersized high C juices or Cokes or, you know, yeah. what I'm learning now, it's when you're eating animal proteins. So when you're eating meats, especially those that have a lot of fat or the dairy, it's starting to clog your arteries. And once your arteries get clogged, it's harder for insulin and glucose to pass through and then be broken down. So then it's kind of staying in your system and it's not being broken down. So I think it's the combination of both because what I've seen people who take out uh, animal proteins but still have moderate levels of, you know, sugars, they're able to reverse their diabetes or insulin resistant. Okay. So improve otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to guess, I'm going to ask you what is the, the, the cure then? What is it that somebody would do to stop, you know, eating this way and, I know you talked to me during the last recording that we were doing about you making the change to being vegan yourself. Is being vegan, in your opinion, the answer to fixing all these problems? You know, I've only been vegan for three months now. Okay. But I'll tell you, just from my own, um, you know, health issues, that was the answer for me. So I was having a bunch of hormonal issues and I wasn't getting pregnant and I'm a newlywed and I'm healthy. You know, I work out, I'm fit with Fallon, you know, like yeah. I, I should be, you know, the epitome of, you know, taking care of yourself. And I, I mean, I try, I, um, I did the keto diet for years and at first I saw great results. I lost weight and a lot of my clients, but then I started noticing, um, I started like my cholesterol started going up and I started having high levels of cholesterol. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I'm not eating steaks. Like I'm eating like fish and chicken and turkey. And those are all like, you know, healthier, less fattier um, meats. And I'm eating tons of, you know, vegetables and I wouldn't even touch carbs. Like not even really, um, not even really like good carbs, never mind processed ones. So I was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. Then I started having a lot of period problems. I did on keto, you are supposed to eat, you know, high fat, low, um, high fat, high protein, low sugar, you know, low or none, no carbs. So um, I was doing a lot of Greek yogurts. I was doing a lot of, oh, I love cheese sticks. Like that was my thing. So (laughs) yeah, I love bacon, you know, like you can have fats. So that was like, yeah, yeah, as long as I don't eat a bunch of sugar and carbs, I'm good. So I started to notice my menstrual cycles were like so heavy and 
I couldn't keep off the weight. So I would go crazy working out two, three times a day, counting every calorie, and the weight would just creep back. I would lose 20, gain 20, lose 20, gain 30. I'm like, it's like every three, four months, I'm either in the losing or gaining. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Then I wasn't getting pregnant. And I'm like, you know, something's up. And I went to my primary care physician I told her, hey, my menstrual cycle is like crazy heavy. Every month I'm getting depressed. I'm getting irritable. I'm like in pain. Like it's hard for me to even work out. I'm so heavy. Like this is insane. I think, you know, maybe my hormones are off. And she was just like, you know, I'm not going to send you to a specialist just because you're healthy. You know, you're not obese. And I wasn't, you know, like 150, 60 pounds. It's not obese, you know? No. And um, she's just like, you know, just wait a year. You need to try to get pregnant for a full year before I send you to a specialist. So I found this company called letsgetcheck.com. And you can take tons of different tests at home. And one of the tests that I ordered was a hormone test. And I got the results and they have a doctor that can call you and go over them with you. And he was like, yeah, your hormones are off balance. Like your progesterone is very low. Your estrogen's high. Um, There was a couple other things, but he was like, yeah, you need to see a specialist. So I called my doctor. I was upset. I'm like, look, here are my results. Give me my referral. So I, I went to a fertility specialist. And, um, she told me first thing and was like, you know, just because a lot of women have menstrual, you know, issues, that doesn't mean that that's okay. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's healthy. So she was like, she should have had you see me a while ago. So come to find out after they checked me, they found a big fibroid. Now, fibroids can, you know, grow because of a lot of things, too much estrogen, um, issues, you know, with your thyroid, again, which is a hormone. Um, So I had surgery, got the fibroid removed. And some, some fibroids don't need to be removed, but mine specifically was blocking me from getting pregnant. I see. So I got it removed. And she, you know, was like, oh, okay, you can start trying now. That should be it. Other than that, you're healthy, you know. So um, my periods did get better after that. However, she called me back a couple weeks later and was like, you know, we tested your fibroid. It's something routine that we do just in case yours came back as a precursor for cancer, meaning that you could, it could turn into uterine cancer. When you have those type of cells, they later turn into cancer. So I was just like, what is going on? Like, you don't want that phone call. (laughs) I was so taken back and, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, a certain percentage could be hereditary, which it's true. Cancer, I think it's like, you know, 15, 25% can be hereditary. Okay. But I started really diving in and reading a bunch of books. I took um, a nutrition and cancer class online from three doctors. And I read this one specific book. And 
it was like just mind blowing. And it was this one scientist who grew up on a farm, you know, loved eating meat and dairy. He was a farm boy. And he went to the Philippines to help um, figure out why the kids in the Philippines, there was a, a rise in children getting a certain type of cancer. And most cancers is like an adult thing. It's not until you're like 40s, 50s or older. So he went over there and what he realized was that they were eating a lot of animal-based proteins. So what he did was he took rats and they were all exposed to a carcinogen, which can cause cancer. And he started feeding them animal proteins. Well, he felt he fed one, one group animal protein and the other one, no animal protein, a vegetable-based diet. And what he found is that the ones that were eating animal protein that were exposed to the carcinogens grew cancer. So then he was like, oh, my Mm. goodness, maybe this is it. So then he was like, let me reverse it. Because in his mind and the way I think we were all kind of brought up to think is you need protein to survive. So he's like, this doesn't make sense. I thought you had to have protein like protein is meat, right? Yeah, yeah. He reversed it. He said, let me lower the protein, animal protein, and start giving them, you know, protein through vegetables. So two cups of broccoli is equivalent to a six ounce steak in terms of the protein amount. So he was like, I'm going to- Really? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when people say as a vegan, like, where do you get your protein? That's actually the wrong question you should be asking. It's where do you get your fiber? Because we get plenty of protein, but we'll we'll talk about that a little later. Okay. (laughs) So um, he reversed it and he started giving them, you know, animal protein, but through vegetables and the cancer went away. And then he did it to the other group of rats, the ones that had no cancer that were eating vegetables and then reversed it and started feeding them a bunch of animal protein, um, specifically casein, which is in a lot of protein powders and dairy is, yeah. and, um, and they grew cancer. So he was like, this is it. And as a farm boy who loved meat and, and steak and dairy, he said from that moment on, he went cold turkey. And then he also went to the blue zones and one of them being the centenarians, the, uh, they're called oak, they're in Japan, the one, the people that I were talking about earlier, yeah. Okinawans. Um, and he studied there for a while and he noticed the same thing. They weren't eating, they weren't eating any protein, very little fish, maybe half of a palm of their hand a week, but it was mostly vegetables and fiber and, you know, lots of exercise and less stress. But so I say all that to say, once I learned that, Cold turkey, done. I, I was like, I am vegan. Yeah. And luck, luckily for me, my husband did it with me to make it much easier. And um, I also started doing high doses of vitamin C through IV just because the body can't, um, through pill form, it will just go through the digestive tract. So I started doing it through IV and um, I, I, vitamin C high dose, it's an antioxidant. So any like free radicals in the body, any like cells that are, you know, acting crazy, it's going to put them in check and make them healthy and normal again. How often would you get this IV? 
um, maybe once a month, every four or six weeks. Um, so I've, I've okay. only got a couple now because it's been three months. And then after okay. three months of doing that, and they also gave me progesterone because my progesterone was really low, so a hormone to um, – to once you up your progesterone, it helps lower your estrogen. So between those three things, I had a biopsy this past week and I no longer have the precursor for the uterine cancer. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> so that was just like, I yeah. was just like, you know, and I think here's, here's my thought. Does everybody be, need to be a, a vegan? No, because everybody doesn't have the genetic makeup. There's going to be some diseases and some, you know, illnesses that no matter how you treat your body, you know, like crap, you're never gonna see. Just like you see people who smoke all their lives and never get lung cancer. And then my next door neighbor, she never smoked in her life, but she worked in a factory that had, you know, certain yeah. smoke or toxins coming out and she got lung cancer. And it's like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, gotta do it. So does everybody have to be a vegan? No, but if you want to live healthier, if you want to, you know, try to live the healthiest and not play Russian roulette with your health. I do believe a vegan diet is a great way to go. Is it perfect? You know, it may not be. For me, I do vitamin B12 supplements just because um, you mostly get it from animal protein. But here's the kicker. The only reason why you get it from animal protein is because the farmers inject it into the animals. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, so so that can be an excuse for people saying, well, you know, I need my meat because of certain things. Back in the day, um, vegans and animal eaters could get naturally from animals or from the soil, from the vegetables and fruits that they eat. They could get it from the soil, but now yep. the soil is so depleted because of all the Roundup and all the the pesticides that they're putting in the soil to kill, um, you know, certain bacteria. And that's, that's where the, the B12 comes. It comes from certain bacterias. And, and what about, what would you say to anybody who's worried about losing performance if they were to go on to a vegan diet? I would say watch Game Changers. What's that? <laughs> oh, you haven't watched it? Okay. We gotta- no, you were, re- you were ready for that. Though. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it was... My husband, when he watched that, he was like, oh, yeah, it's on. It's all yeah. these athletes who, like, Olympic gold winners. Like, um, there was a, a football team that was just on their um, – the I don't know. I don't watch football, but they were on. Gotcha. <laughs> and one of them went vegan, and then his wife is a chef. So she started cooking for the whole team, and – all of their performances started going up and then really? they ended up winning the Super Bowl and they're all like, but they, they tested all these athletes and even it was pretty cool because they had scientists in there and they were taking young athletes and they were saying, you know, we're going to test you and we're going to show you not just on physical performance, how you're going to have so much more energy, so much more endurance, so much better muscle recovery but we're going to show you how it can also affect your sex life. So, oh, interesting. So what they did was they fed all the boys um, 
they were like young football players. They fed them all um, like meat burritos with like, you know, whatever meat they wanted in it. And yeah. then, um, they had them go to sleep. And then I, there was a way to test them at night. Their you know, stuff. And the next okay. day, you know, it wasn't that great. So then the next day they had them um, eat bean burritos and they did the same thing. They tested them and they also took their blood so they could show them samples. So the cholesterol, the fat from the meat stays in your blood for like over eight hours. So if you're eating meat three to four times a day, your whole day, you're having all this extra fat in your system um, you know, circulating in the blood, which affects your prostate levels and your testosterone levels. Huh. So once they learn that, you know, they say, you know, like when you go on a date, like you have a wife, you want to go on a date and you want to be sexy and, you know, have a good night with her. You're thinking, let me eat a big steak. No, sure. You want to have some, some some cauliflower, some Brussels, (laughs) a bean burrito. Trust me. The unmanliest thing ever. That's what I'm supposed to pay. (laughs) So I highly suggest watching Game Changers. It is so good. And it's, it's fun too because it's it's naturally when I thought of vegan. So I lived in LA for eight years or nine years, a while. Okay. And that was the first time I ever heard about or really met vegans. And I was like, what kind of hippie hug treeing? Like, <laughs> and no offense, like it's it's more of like you know a Caucasian thing. Sure. Yeah. I'm actually half white, but, (laughs) but I'm like, "Mm, I just, I'm not that like, I'm free spirited, but not to that type of level. And I would meet so many different type of vegans the longer I live there. And I'm like, oh, this is, I interviewed, um, I had a podcast called Fit Club on AfterBuzz TV. Um, and I had, do you know who John Sally is? A uh, basketball player? Yeah. Basketball great? Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. So, well, I, I never met him, but yeah. Yeah, so he came on and I interviewed him, you know, about health and fitness and he's a- Toss. Yeah, he's a, like a, a van, evangel, a evangelist, how do you say evangelist? Evangelical? Yeah, no, but, but he's like that for veganism, like- Oh, I, I didn't know there was a word for that. Well, there isn't a word. I'm just saying he he would okay. preach veganism like it was like Christianity. Wow. Oh wow! <laughs> I couldn't understand when I first met him. I was like, he is so obsessed with veganism. Like, but when I interviewed him and when I started learning about his family, you know, health history and how it, it improved him as a basketball player, improved his health, improved improved his health markers. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But I just couldn't commit then. I wasn't ready. Like That's tough, yeah. <laughs> I just I was like, oh, that's cool, but I'm I'm healthy over here. I'm good eating my meat. And yeah. um, but I'm I'm happy. I feel like all those those people I met and the food I ate and the things that I learned, they kind of went into my back pocket as, you know, as things that I learned and then you know, researching more once I got diagnosed with my precursor, then I was able to put it all together and really make the leap for good. Okay. So is your diet nowadays, how much percentage is it supplemental and how much percentage is it actual food? 
So I have my own uh, supplement company. It's called uh, Fit Cushion, yep. and it's going to be, I guess, hopefully by December 12th, we'll be able to start our pre-orders. But um, I became a herbalist around the time or a little bit before I got diagnosed because I was trying to figure out my own menstrual cycle. I was just like, what is going on? And this, and I was like, the food, I'm like struggling. Like, I don't understand, you know, why it's not working. I'm working out. So let me add some supplements, which it did help. But the once I transitioned to vegan and the supplements, yep. now I'm like really seeing the full results. But um, I, I don't know how to give a percentage to yeah. supplements because I supplement every day. It's one of the first things I do when I wake up. And the reason why I supplement, one, because even though I'm eating really good and you should try to get all your vitamins and nutrients from food, you still can't get everything you need from food alone. Just because, like I was saying, we don't have the same soil or food systems that we had 100 years ago. They're just not as natural. So we're not getting as much of the nutrients. So a typical apple spends almost a year either on a truck crossing the country. So like, you know, I try to buy organic. Sometimes I don't, but you'll notice. And and it's funny because um, I recently got my mom and dad to eat healthier and they're shopping at Trader Joe's. And nice. she was like, oh my God, the, the fruit is amazing. Like I've <laughs> never tasted fruit so good because she wasn't eating organic before. And she's yeah. like, but damn it, I hate how quick it spoils. And it's true because like I'll go to Kroger's, that's the supermarket down the street from me down here in Atlanta. And okay. I'll tell you, I'll buy an apple. That thing will last for over a month. <laughs> Not even <laughs> You know, I'll go to Trader Joe's like her and it's like a week later, you're like, so you really got to consume what you're buying. But is that because of preservatives? It's, it's so many things. It's especially okay. if it's not organic, you know, it's the preservatives, it's the, um, the different things that they're putting in the soil. Um, and even like, this may sound gross, but even some of the foods like, They'll even put things like a waxy type of material. It, it's edible. Should you be eating it? No. Yeah. Around yeah. the apple so they can last longer. Oh, yuck. So then we should definitely um, be supplementing because of the lack of quality of the stuff that's out there. Yeah. Of the nutrients. And then also, you know, sometimes everybody's body's different, but sometimes your body and even just different stages of your life, you need different things. So for instance, like a pregnant woman, she needs so much more folate just because the baby needs so much. So like, depending on, you know, how old you are, you know, what is going on in your life, if you're an athlete or you're in a high stress job or you just need certain things. So let's get check.com. They have um, other types of testing and you could do nutritional testing. You can see if there's anything that you're deficient in. And yeah, sometimes your body just doesn't break down certain things. So for me, I know I don't break down proteins as easily. Um, so you can go on there and figure out, you know, like if you're 
you know, lower in this and higher in that, you know, maybe for you, you might just need more vitamin D or vitamin D. And you can find that out by doing doing these tests with, what, what was that called? Yeah, so it's a just a nutritional deficiency test. And another test that okay. you could do that's pretty cool, it's kind of gross. <laughs> like if you struggle if you struggle with constipation or irritable bowel syndrome or just okay. any gut issues or even um like immune um immuno like if if you have any immune issues like um what am I trying to say? Um there's certain like autoimmune? Yeah, autoimmune diseases. And okay. a lot of it comes from, you know, just the gut, leaky gut. You can do stool tests. And yep. the company wow. is called the Viome. And it's V-I-O-M-E. And even for obese people. So this is pretty cool. So, and my husband makes fun of me all the time. He was like, I swear you were a doctor in a past lifetime. You are <laughs> obsessed with health and fitness and statistics and like we labs. We need this. <laughs> um, but so, so they, um, so you send your stool off and they'll, um, they'll be able to look at the different bacteria in, in the stool and can tell you what you're missing. And so what they're finding out is a lot of obese people, they they don't have a certain um, a certain type of I guess it's not a bug, but I guess it is in their stool or in their gut, I should say, that helps them break down their food. So that that's why they they have trouble losing weight. It literally could just be a bacteria that they're missing. So, and and how this was found was this one lady, she had to do a stool transfer. She had something going on and now they're doing that. So she took somebody else's stool to help her health and it's really gross, but she ended up taking it. And then all of a sudden she ballooned up like 30 plus pounds and nothing changed. And it was because of the other person's gut. So now when they do stool transfers or um, you could donate your stool to help people with different diseases and illnesses. Now, if you're obese or if you have insulin resistance or any metabolic um, syndromes, you can't donate your stool. That is insane. <laughs> now this know, is the same. This is the same exact company that you ran your hormone test with. No, so this is Viome. This is V I O M E. So it's a similar company, but they just do your stool. They check for and for stuff. You know what's if you have okay. issues or leaky gut. And and just to to differentiate, the one that you did your hormone test was. Yep. So it's letsgetcheck.com. and I, you know, if it wasn't for them, I could have possibly gotten my uterus removed and never been a mom and, or, you know, who knows what what would have happened to me if it was, you know, full blown cancer. So I reached out to them and I was like, you know, you guys literally like saved me and so appreciative. And, you know, I would love to spread the word. So if you go to letsgetcheck.com, you could type in the code fit with Fallon five for, I think it's like a 20% discount um, or 25%. And yeah, awesome. I suggest, you know, 
If you don't have health insurance, this is a great way to still check yourself and, you know, make sure you're okay. Even if you have health insurance with COVID going on, you may not want to go to the doctors. And they also have at-home COVID tests too. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Super interesting. Um, now, this is a good time to talk about what we were talking about in the previous conversation. Now, with services like that that exist, um, there was obviously a need somewhere. People were needing of services like this. Uh, with your experience, and we were talking about yesterday how the healthcare field, I guess, has dropped the ball on what it is that these companies are picking the ball up on. Yeah. What's your What's your take on the healthcare system and how it's in my opinion, not the same of what it was maybe 10, 15 years ago. You know, it it is a for-profit business. And yeah. it's sad to say, but if they are truly getting people healthy, they're not going to be making money. So right. I feel that I interviewed a pharmacist on my podcast and um, he calls him a pharmaceutical drug dealer turned um, herbal healer because <laughs> he felt for so many years that he was just handing out life sentences to medications. You know, once you're yeah. put on these statins or, you know, blood pressure, diabetic pills, a lot of people never get off of them. It doesn't make them better. And oftentimes what he was telling me, he worked for the FDA as well. It would cause other issues, other illnesses. And, you know, the FDA would get sued a lot by these people. That's why when you watch a commercial, it says, you know, Laurentin also causes diarrhea. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? Wait, hold on. <laughs> like a list of all these things. And you're like, well, you know, if I have pain in my leg, I don't want all those other issues. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask for all this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask for that diagnosis. So yeah. the reason why they do that is because it really, you know, uh, again, some people are lucky, you know, they might not have side effects, but some have side effects. And then certain pills together alone can cause, you know, side effects. They interact with each other. And Whenever you're having comorbidities, you know, you got to take a pill for this and a pill for that and a pill for this. It's usually not like just one thing. So what I feel with our health system is that they, medical schools are supported, supported and, um, get funding from the pharmaceutical companies. So all they learn, a lot of doctors learn And mind you, they only get one semester, sometimes even one class out of all their years of studying of nutrition. So they really don't even know about nutrition. They know medicine. That's all they know. You got something wrong here. So with our healthcare system, it's great in the acute setting. If you get hit by a car, and your leg gets cut off and you need morphine and surgery, you, you're not going to take herbs for that. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going to go to the emergency room. But in terms of, for instance, when I went to my oncologist after I found out I had this precursor, well, I had the precursor, um, you know, 
my doctor was like, okay, we're going to do hormones and then, you know, we'll see. And then if all fills, we're going to take out your uterus. And I asked her, I was like, okay, well, um, what should I be doing? Yes, you're going to give me the hormones, but like, do I need to change my diet? Do I need to like take certain supplements? And she was like, no, just take the hormones. There's no statistics that show. And I just looked at her like, yeah. And I already <laughs> did the research. So I'm like, you know, but I will tell you this. I've also learned that it is considered, um, I guess, medical malpractice. Doctors can get sued if they recommend um, nutrition as an alternative or supplements. They really? can move their license. For recommending supplementation? For recommending supplementation without prescriptions for certain things. So what I also feel is that my doctor isn't educated, but had she even known to? Because think about it. If you have a person who may have cancer and they come to you and ask you, what should you do? What should I do? And you say, well, you could take this hormone or you could go home and change your diet and live stress-free, get sun every day, make sure, you know, you have a community and a spiritual practice and you're good. And I go home and I do all those things because she said I could take that, you know, do that and not take the hormones and I die. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to fall on her because her training is you get radiation, you get, you know, chemotherapy, you get these pills or treatment or surgery. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's a lot of doctors, one, don't know, because they're not taught that. And then if they do know, and they work for a hospital, then they could lose their license. And that's why if you go to a natural doctor, if you go to a functional doctor, they have their own practices, but unfortunately they don't accept medical insurance. So you need to pay out of pocket. And that's because that's how they can cover their own ass is just having their own business. But medical insurance will not cover, you know, those type of you know, um, expensive or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now. So, and I asked you this yesterday, but you know, I want to hear it again or hear your version of again, but can you be ethical and still be a doctor in a, you know, big hospital? So yesterday my answer was no. (laughs) Okay. And then I thought about (laughs) it a little more. I think it's tough. I think to be in a hospital. And I think that's why a lot of them who are woke and understand they open up their own practices. But I thought about it more and I interviewed a kidney doctor. His name is Dr. Schusterman. And he, he has a pretty good balance. He actually just put out a cookbook um, for um, patients who have kidney disease and how to cook to help, you know, not exacerbate your kidney disease, but he also believes in, you know, some of the traditional treatments that we have here. It's kind of a combination. So I think he has a good approach to it and he's able to practice in the hospitals, but I think, you know, kidneys are not the same as everything, you know, I think, yeah. you know, 
so for instance, with cancer, um, one thing I also was doing is I was juicing every morning and there's this book called the Gerson therapy and Dr. Gerson, he was a doctor over in Europe, um, many, many years ago. And he claimed to cure his cancer and hundreds of patients' cancer through certain types of juicing and coffee enemas and a couple other things. So he came to the U.S. and he proposed a bill and um, to the the government and said, I would love to come here and help. You know, I have the cure for cancer. And it was about to go through and then a bunch of lobbyists and pharmaceutical companies shut it down. So now his daughter lived on his legacy. Now there's Gerson therapy centers in Mexico. And I think at the very bottom of California, almost Mexico. Um, And then of course in Europe as well. So they can't technically practice that stuff here um, just because you know, they believe it's not ethical and the government and lobbyists stop it. So, um, yeah, they have to do it outside of the U S. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's actually shown to, to be proven to help their methods of, I mean, yeah, I've seen, and I've heard so many cases and so many people talk about, I don't know, like if it helps everybody, but yeah. it's, the thing, the thing with some um, therapies for cancer, especially if you've had it, like sometimes cancer goes away and comes back and goes away and comes back. After you've done so many rounds of radiation and chemotherapy, so do do you know what's in radiation? It's probably not great, but I don't know. <laughs> so this is how they came up with radiation. So they put. Um, in World War One or World War Two, one of the world wars, yep. they came up with tear gas. And they realized, like, wow, this can kill anything. So they took portions of the tear gas, and that's what they put in some of the cancer treatments. Wow. So that's why people get so sick. It's yeah. because literally it's killing everything in them not just the cancer cells. So that's the give or take. It's like, yeah, you can kill your cancer, but you can also kill everything else in your body. So when you've gone through so many rounds of that, some people are just like, you know, I'm going to die, not just from the cancer, but from this treatment. Let me try something else. So sometimes they'll turn to the Gerson therapy, but sometimes it's too late. You know, they've gone through, there's so much cell death in their body that it's just too late. So they do suggest if you do the Gerson therapy route, if you can, whenever you find out, you know, of your cancer, or even if you carry certain like BRCA genes, like the breast cancer genes or stuff like that, you know, try to incorporate, incorporate those changes early because sometimes the chemo radiation just does so much damage. Yeah, I used to, um, a few years back, I used to uh, push patients as a patient transport or mm-hmm. whatever. And um, I used to constantly have to bring patients from radiation oncology back to their rooms and mm-hmm. uh, back to oncology. And it was probably the saddest 
you know, trips that I've ever had to make. Um, they've they've had to make multiple trips throughout the day because they have multiple doses yep. of radiation. Mm-hmm. And um, you're right. I mean, they look absolutely destroyed. It's horrible. You know, yeah. when they go back to their room, they, there is nothing that I can see that seems medical about it. I mean, it, it's just like, I brought this person, they were just talking to me, they were smiling, and now all of a sudden, they are, don't even want to say a thing. I mean, they're knocked out, they have no energy, they can't speak to you, and they look like, uh, you know, I can't find the better word, but they look like shit. Mm-hmm. They look like shit, they're just destroyed. Um, so, it is a terrible approach. I have no idea why that has, well, maybe, I don't follow the, that, you know, field, but I don't know why that has not been improved. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you that... It makes so much money for them, like... Yeah. When you look at a cancer patient's bill who has done chemotherapy or radiation, like, whew, those yeah. doctors are getting paid. Um, but I saw this great documentary, and it was by Dr. Sanja Gupta. Um, he He's a known doctor, but specifically on CNN, he's like their medical chief reporter. And he was always against weed. And um, he started researching on the medicinal benefits of weed. And there's tons, but specifically what he found um, over in, I believe, Turkey and just in the Middle East, one of the things that they do for cancer patients um, they have these rooms where, um, cause some of them do certain types of radiation or chemotherapy, but afterwards okay. what they do is they put them in these rooms that have like these helium balloons and they inhale from the helium and the helium balloons and, yep. um, it's weed inside of them and they recover so much better because of the medicinal benefits from the weed. So yeah. it's just like, you know, like just really eye opening that, you know, we haven't really, I know when I lived in California, you know, if you had a, a medical card, you could go you know, get weed for medical benefits, but a lot of people weren't doing it for medical benefits, but but it would be nice to see our country get to that level where, you know, especially cancer patients who are going through those extreme therapies or any, any type of illness where you're in such extreme pain, it'd be really nice to see them incorporate, you know, medicinal herbs and different supplements into the practice. Yeah. Have you heard recently of the research that's going on in John Hopkins with um, psychedelics? Yes. And, and mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I am blown away by that and super <laughs> encouraging information. But I want to get your thoughts on that. Do you have any? You know, I think anything that comes from the ground, I think, has medicinal purposes. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I've again, um, just from the research that I learned this summer from the course that I took and just reading books like tomatoes a certain uh, i think it's like three cups a week of tomatoes can help lower prostate cancer by like a certain 40 percent and then broccoli certain cruciferous cruciferous vegetables can help different um hormone driven cancers like uterine cancer like breast cancer it could lower it by i think 65 percent. so it's if vegetables can do that why can't you know, other herbs from the ground. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's because what we kind of talked about in the healthcare industry, they haven't found a way to make a lot of money off of it. Yep. And that's it. And once they do, just like alcohol, alcohol, people used to bootleg alcohol. True. You know, like it's because- It was a crime. Yes. It was because the government didn't have a way to make money off of it. And once they did, then they were like, okay, everybody could drink. So, and I see that, you know, with weed having medicinal medical cards. um, Yeah, I think- that's going to come along. And then the psychedelics, the psychedelics, though, scare me. I will tell you that, but <laughs> <laughs> tell me why, because I'm excited by them. <laughs> um, you know, I think just my personality, like yep. I personally, I, I can't do weed. I can't like edibles. Like I can have a little bit of alcohol, but it's just, I just, I get, very anxious and it's just so me personally if i had something going on with me and i had to take a psychedelic i'd probably jump off a roof or something <laughs> it, it work. Well, I, I i agree yeah i don't know how i would do on psychedelics now i casually smoke weed um and i do it for the same reasons that the majority of the people do it well i, I would like to think and it's basically just to relax just to take an edge off mm-hmm. um sometimes i use it for deep work uh mm-hmm. it really helps me out when i have to write certain things and yeah. get into a zone um i would so be interested I, in in trying i haven't tried the like the lotions okay for pain. Yep. like maybe that might work for me it might, yeah. I, I've tried edibles. Um, I've tried the flour, which is just basically smoking it, and I've mm-hmm. tried the oils. Um, mm-hmm. I think the oils are the most convenient. The flowers is the best, and the edibles are definitely for social. Like I'm just mm-hmm. hanging out with my friends, and I just want to, you know. Mm-hmm. About the psychedelics, though, I have never tried psychedelics. I want to try them in a controlled environment, so mm-hmm. that I don't have to jump off a roof like yeah. you. <laughs> I watched oh, crazy documentary. And it had people who were taking psychedelics for different things. And some of them, like, they had breakthrough with their, you know, PTSD. And then some of them would go crazy. And um, this one retreat, they what they did, I think it's here in the U.S., they incorporated it as almost like a church. And they used the psychedelic almost like a communion. And that's how they were able to get away with it here in the U.S. And they were helping people, but a couple people ended up dying because they were tripping so much from it. So I don't know if they got shut down, but um, it was really interesting. Yeah, it gets strange when it gets to like, um, you know, cult, beha- cult behavior stuff. Yeah, like that's what it was doing. like. I was like, this is getting real. Yeah. But on the, on the other hand, I've read a book by, um, I, I forgot his name. It, it's something about that where um, he kind of makes the argument and there's a lot of proof and a lot of evidence that, you know, the whole religion of Christianity was based off of this, you know, um, I guess like you said, like a spiritual thing that they mm-hmm. did way before Christianity. Um, and it was like drinking out of a a potion is what they call it, but it was basically just a bunch of psychedelics uh-huh. and they will go out of body and they will go out of experience. Uh-huh. But so, I don't want to get into that because I'm butchering that. But. <laughs> so I, I um, went to school in Hawaii for a little while on exchange. I went to UH and wow, nice. yeah, for a little bit of college. And um, I used to go to a church out there and okay. um, there's a, there's a lot of Mormon churches there and that's because BYU is there. And there's a lot of Hawaiians and Tongans that are Mormons. And I'll never forget. I went to like a Mormon dance or something. And, um, the, the Hawaiian kids that I hung out with, 
they were outside of the dance drinking some stuff. And I'm like, you guys are drinking alcohol? Like, that's like, you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't drink alcohol in the Mormon church. So that's like a no-no. And especially, <laughs> like, before you go into a church dance, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, what are you doing? They were like, no, this is kava kava. This is a ritual. This is like, and they allowed it. Like, wow. because in their culture, the Hawaiian culture, you know, it was an herb and you drink it and it's supposed to like, I don't know, calm you and yeah. spiritual. But that's what really like first opened my eyes to different like traditions and rituals you know, and how it can impact, you know, their spirituality and their religion. And like, you know, that church out here doesn't do that. But because, you know, they were Hawaiian and Tongans, they brought that practice into their religion. So it was just, it was really interesting. It it is interesting. It goes back very far. But yeah, I can see where if somebody were to take one of these, you know, potions or these Mm -hmm. concoctions, and they would go into the, this, you know, they start seeing these things and then, mm-hmm. you know, they, they document these things and then these things get passed down over time mm-hmm. and it ends up being these crazy stories of, you and know. I'll never forget. I remember somebody t- telling me they were like, um, that they didn't drink alcohol and they were, you know, really religious. And yeah. I was like, you know, but like Jesus drink wine. Why, why don't you drink? alcohol? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And, um, I remember him saying, you know, why do you think they call alcohol spirits? Yeah. Interesting. I never heard of it. I was just like, oh, that's interesting. And, and too, like a lot of crimes are committed whether they're intoxicated. Yeah. Whether it's, it's drugs, physical drugs or alcohol, not saying all crimes, but a lot are. Sure. So it just really, I was like, and, and I'm not saying like I drink alcohol, you know, but yeah, but it just, it was interesting. I was like, ah, oh. so I think, there's I think a- like, you know, there's medicinal purposes that you can use those things for, but I think like you can also, you know, you can also become a drug addict or alcoholic, like there's yeah. a limit. Like, so being Dominican, we drink uh, Mama Juana when you're sick. <laughs> burn your whole throat <laughs> but the, you know the thought process is is that you're gonna one numb yourself so you don't feel the pain of <laughs> no but that's it's true you don't feel the pain. i know i know Our spanish people are so weird when it comes to <laughs> you don't you don't feel the pain of whatever illness and then you'll also burn the germ or you know, whatever you got going on. But when I, when I was becoming a herbalist, um, one thing I learned is that a lot of medicines traditionally came from herbs. So aspirin comes from the, the willow bark of uh, the willow tree, the bark of a willow tree. So really, yeah. So, um, now they put other chemicals in it. So I, I, I've learned that, um, Native American chiefs back in the day, they would never, ever move their tribes to areas that did not have this tree. And that's because the chief knew if any of his tribe got sick, he needed the bark of the tree to help with the pain. Wow. And help lower the temperature. That is then, super interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of medicines actually derive from so the mama juana like you know basically today that's nyquil true 
That's you a good point. I mean? it's, it has, <laughs> yeah. it's alcohol and it's syrupy. And that's that's what yeah. That's a Nyquil. And that's the I, best explanation for being an alcoholic I've ever heard. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then too, um, have you ever heard of grounding? Uh, no. Okay, so research grounding or on Netflix. There's a documentary. But, um, <laughs> there's a documentary for everything. That's um, a rabbit hole. <laughs> but grounding is so uh, this one guy. He, it was a white guy. He um, he grew up with this Native American tribe. I think his dad worked on the reservation or something, and he remembers this young girl getting scarlet fever and they had to take her out of the village and go to a traditional like you know modern doctor because they thought she was going to die and back then you could die and yeah the doctor sent her back you know to her tribe and was like there's nothing we can do so the chief said dig a hole in the ground and I want you to bury her up to her neck, keep her head out, you know, but just bury her and leave her there overnight. So everybody stayed with her, watched her, made sure she was okay. And the guy who was, you know, at the reservation kind of observing all this, he said the next day when they dug her up, she ran out and played and didn't have any issues Wow. And that's when he realized the medicinal benefits of the ground. So think about it. If all these herbs, all these trees, all these vegetables and fruits are coming from the ground and those are medicinal, there must be something medicinal in the soil and the ground itself. So sure. if you know, people have a lot of inflammation or pain or certain types of illnesses, MS. They say that you should go out and ground, get grounded. So when hippies hug a tree, like, and you think like, <laughs> it's crazy, they're really getting the benefits. They're being grounded. So even with electricity, so you have to ground electricity. You'll never see electricity you know, like a, a electric line outside, never not touch the ground. There's always a place that there's either, you know, some place that it's going to go back into the ground and it so could stop the current. So that's kind of what grounding does for inflammation in the body. Wow. So, so it lo rewind a little bit. So it lowers the inflammation of the body from the medical benefits of the ground. Am I getting that correct? Yes. How does it do that? So just just what I was saying that there. Yeah, maybe I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Say, so there's just like a um, herbs are medicinal, um, fruits and vegetables are medicinal. Okay. But where are they coming from? From the ground. Okay. So you eating them is basically grounding you. Yes. And you're, wow. you're getting the, the, the nutrients and all the, the properties from the soil. So it's the soil and the ground that That's has all the medicine. Huh. I never thought about it. And excuse me for kind of having my thought cycle over here. That's what I'm just okay. thinking about. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> That's kind of like mind blowing thought yeah, right there. I never yeah. thought about and it. <laughs> when I first started learning about this. I'm like, this is crazy. So this one guy, 
Well, I'll tell you two stories. The one guy in in the movie, what he did was um, he was in pain. So he took like, um, because he worked for the electric company and he would put the the electric, you know, um, cords outside. He would put them up. But he knew that they all had to be grounded. So he took a cord from outside. He stuck it in the ground and then he put it through the bedroom window and he tied it around his toe. And he had... so the, whenever they're fixing the wires outside, they usually have like a little machine that they could look at and it could tell you like how much electricity and how much, you know, where it needs to be. So he had yep. that. So he could see from the ground, all this activity that was going into his body. So when he woke up in the morning, he had no pain. Wow. And I think he needed like a liver transplant. He needed something. And then he just kept on grounding and then he was able to heal his liver. He, he was good. Now, and, and you're, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then this one lady, she had a baby that was so colicky and the baby just would never stop crying. And she realized the only time the baby would stop crying is when she was barefoot outside on the ground, like in the grass. Wow. So what they realized is that a lot of our own healing has been prevented from us wearing shoes. We weren't born with shoes. So we're losing that, that, that soil, that getting your feet on the ground connection. And that's why when you go to the beach and you walk on the sands and you, you're in the water, a lot of times you feel better. Yeah. It's because you're being grounded. Wow. That is insane. I can make that same argument for why um, us humans adopting a house, having a house has harmed us in in, in a lot of ways too. Uh, And I I know that sounds kind of weird because it's like, oh, it keeps us warm. It keeps us protected. That's great. But it also keeps us not in the sun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It also makes us wimps when it comes to cold weather and things like that. Things that our ancestors have been able to push over Mm -hmm. time. Uh, here we are getting wimpy every time we step outside. Uh, so that, yeah, that grounding thing is incredible. Um, I want to somehow circle this back to the supplements though, because I want you to tell me about the supplement line and I want you to tell me how you use the supplements. So, so with I'll every circle it back. <laughs> you yeah. Well, I want to circle with, because the fact that we, you explained a lot of, what was that? <laughs> so you can get grounded with the supplements because they literally are herbs from the ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's what I mean. Well, it would be impossible for us to have an all-encompassing diet where we can get all our vitamins and we could get all our nutrients. So I think that's where supplementation, uh, supplementation comes in. Mm-hmm. And what I'm very excited about in, in talking to you about supplementation, especially what your line is, is that you've been guinea-pigging your line. Like yeah. you've actually, you know, over been trying these mm-hmm. for over a year now. So can you explain to me a little bit more about the supplement line? Which, you know, what supplements do you have? How do you use them and how they have benefited you? So what I realize with myself and with clients is that sometimes when you're working out, doing all you can, you're in the gym, going hard, you're eating clean. And for some reason, you're not seeing the results you want to see. It's because you're missing you know, something. And that, that missing piece is supplementation. You have to treat your body as a whole. It's not just physical. And I know we, we talked a lot about that during this interview. So what I realized is that, 
you know, I have a lot of clients and even myself, I struggled with constipation. Uh, okay. I think over 70% of people in the U.S. struggle with it. Now, if you are, you know, not going to the bathroom as much as you should, and technically you're supposed to be going to the bathroom every time you eat, just like a baby. When a baby has a bottle, the baby goes to the bathroom. You got to change the diaper. But we have put so much junk into our system that we are not going to the bathroom every time we eat. You know, people who are considered regular are, they go once a day, but that's not even truly regular. And the problem is, is that most people don't even go every day. They're going a couple times a week, every other day, or three or four times a week. So you cannot lose weight if you have buildup toxins in your system. And when you have buildup toxins in your system, you're also going to recirculate estrogen and extra hormones in your system. And then that leads to you know, extra fat and it's just, you're not going to lose the weight. So that, um, that's one supplement and that supplement that I have is called colonic in a bottle. So I highly suggest, even if you are regular starting at least two weeks with this, because most people carry around, I think it's 15 to 25 pounds of just extra. Wow poop. (laughs) Yeah, that's insane. You know, so I always say, even if you think you're regular, it's really good to start with this because you really want to clean yourself out, not just to lose weight, but to get rid of the toxins. Because again, you start building up toxins, your health is going to start getting getting affected. Then I now have, is that for both men and women? Yeah. Excuse me. So all of okay. these are for both men and women, even though okay. some of them are pink and purple. I actually was thinking um, for the <laughs> some of my fat burners, and I was thinking I might have to do like a label of like you know blue or something for. So that way men don't feel embarrassed. By gotcha. Them. Well, men speak up, try the product and speak up. <laughs> so then I have um, another product that I, I like to package with colonic in a bottle and it's okay. called the Bye Bye Bloat. Bye Bye Bloat is basically a, a, a digestive enzyme. So colonic is, you know, a, a cleaner, but it also is a probiotic. So, um, yeah, it's going to clean you out. Then bye bye bloat is a digestive enzyme. So the problem is that sometimes like you can even eat healthy and you're like, why am I not losing weight? Why am I gaining? Sometimes your body just can't break down the food and sometimes you just don't have the right, you know, um, you, 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 in your gut, you don't have the right microbes. You don't have the right, you know, enzymes in order to break down the food. So Bye Bye Blow helps you break down the food so that way you can get rid of it through your digestive tract. But also if you are eating foods and you're bloated, like a lot of times we are, you know, um, we can't break down dairy. We're lactose intolerant. And a lot of times, you know, you might not know it, but you might be gluten intolerant. And every time you eat carbs, you might bloat. So this is a good way if you do eat those things that you can break down your food properly. Awesome. And they go together, right? Those yep. two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have um, zero to a hundred and that's basically a pre-workout. And um, I thought it was important to add a pre-workout into the line because I feel like 
you know, you know, you're a businessman, you work full time, you're a husband, you're a dad, you got a lot yeah. going on. So to <laughs> the gym and to have like a good workout, you need some energy and some days you don't. And then also, um, it has a little bit of caffeine in it, but it's, um, it's a cleaner type of ca- caffeine. Okay. Um, and it has a bunch of vitamins in it too. Vitamin B1, B2, B3, B6, it has some B12. And then it also has, um, a, like amino acids in it. So it's good for muscle recovery. So that way you kill it in the gym, but you're not being sore the next day. And then also you don't, this is, this is a clean type of workout where you're not going to get jittery. You're not going to feel the tingles and you're not going to feel like, I don't know if you feel like insects crawl in you when you take like C4 in certain workouts. Uh, On the face. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. So I don't have any of that junk in here. Um, So that you can also take, even if you just, you know, you need to make it through the day at work. It's, it's not going to keep you up at night. I do suggest you don't have it late at night, but it's not going to keep you up at night. But it could be like a clean energy, energy drink during the day. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Nice. And I have I um, another supplement that you can pair together with this is sleep tight. Because oftentimes I find people who don't have enough energy during the day, it's because they're not getting ad- adequate sleep at night. And you need, I tell people all the time when they say, you know, I have to choose one. Should I just sleep in or work out? Like I'm struggling. I can only do one. I honestly tell them sleep in. Sleep is so vital. Like that is when your body literally breaks down everything. That is when you lose weight. It's it's usually at night when you're sleeping. So um, you need sleep. And this is, it's basically just like a, a melatonin and it also has magnesium. A lot of us are magnesium deficient. And magnesium, it's, it's kind of like it calms you down and it helps you get ready for sleep. And then the melatonin, something that we produce naturally, you can't overdose on it, but sometimes we don't produce enough when we affect our circadian rhythm. So when you're eating certain foods, um, if you're not eating certain foods, if you're, you know, staying up late, you're going to affect your circadian rhythm, which also affects your melatonin production. Wow. Okay. Okay. And then my last two products, which are my favorites. Um, it's better than lipo and liquid lipo. And the reason why I named it that is because I have had so many clients come to me and they're like, I'm working out. I'm eating clean. Forget this. I'm getting lipo. And I look at them and I say, one, do you know how much lipo is? Like there's an easier alternative and not saying there's nothing wrong, you know, like some people they've tried everything and, or they just want to get it and maybe they have enough money, you know, like, or they don't want to work, you know, but you know, there are health risks, um, that happen whenever you go under the knife for anything. You know, I have a family member who personally died after complications of liposuction. So when you when you do it, like there's a chance that, you know, like anything you, you know, it's, it's dangerous. And surgery. Yeah. mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the average person, the most you lose doing liposuction is 15 pounds, 15 pounds. That's it. You're going to spend all that money, put yourself at risk for 15 pounds. Like 
it's not really worth it. And then I've also had clients too who, once you take out fat cells, for instance, I have one client, she came to me and she had liposuction before and she showed me her arms. A lot of women get um, like the flabby arms, the triceps, you know, that kind of jiggle. Mm-hmm. And so she got that sucked out. But once you remove body fat, um, not just the body fat, but there's so in order to have body fat, it's almost like little circles. And when you when you get, you know, when you gain weight, those fat deposits kind of blow up like balloons. But once you do liposuction, and those fat deposits get removed, they never grow back in that area. They'll grow back in a different area. So when she came to me, she had skinny triceps. And then right near her elbows was like these big, like fatty skin hanging. And I was like, what kind of doctor did you go to? And then she <laughs> she explained to me, you know, and the doctor explained to her, like, your body, it has to do something with the fat. It's, it's just not like if you're eating crap and you're not, you know, working out, like, it's going to go somewhere. And if it can't grow where it was grown before, it's going to find a new place to grow. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know... Just know that you can go get the liposuction, but, you know, life happens. You gain, you lose. You don't keep it off forever, and you don't want it to grow in places that look crazy. Definitely. And then you can't control those places either, so they can go anywhere. So the better than lipo, it's that. It's better than liposuction. Less risk, less money. And it's, 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 you're just, if you're putting in the work and you're doing this, this has um, Garcinia Cambogia and okay. a little bit of green coffee bean, a little bit of the natural caffeine that I was telling you about, the caffeine and hydros. Yep. And what that does is that it helps speed up your metabolism in a natural way. And just in general, like certain types of um, like green coffee bean like in green tea, they have some of it. And that's why a lot of Asians, you know, they don't struggle with a lot of their weight. It's because they're constantly drinking green tea. Yeah. And that helps, you know, boost your metabolism and burn calories. Um, And then there's also raspberry ketone. And that's like the real secret. So especially women after, you know, they're in their 40s and 50s, their, your metabolism just slows way down, even in your 30s, uh, to be honest. And yeah. you don't you lose muscle mass. Every 10 years after 30, you lose a certain percentage of muscle mass. When you have more muscle, you have a faster metabolism. That's why men can usually lose weight much quicker than women is because pound for pound, they have more muscle Every pound of muscle, you burn so many more calories. So this raspberry ketone is going to help you burn more calories. And then hopefully you can start packing on more muscle to keep your metabolism up. Wow. Okay. And then I have liquid lipo. This is the last one. This one I love because it's a tincture. So it comes in like a dropper form. And this one has African mango extract. And I love this because it literally comes from, um, you know, Africa. 
And it's literally this fruit that we don't have here. And in that fruit, there's an enzyme that helps you, it acts almost like an appetite suppressant. And I think that's what makes it so hard sticking to a nutrition plan and a workout routine. When you work out, you become more hungry. Yeah. You're going to want to eat. And then already, you know, if you are insulin resistant or you're used to eating tons of sugar, your, um, your, your, I'm trying to think of the name of it. The, the signals in your brain okay. are going to say, eat, 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 even when you're not hungry. Sure. So it's almost like, you know, you're trying to put in the work, but you can't control your appetite. So this <laughs> right here helps you suppress your appetite because you're really not hungry. It's just your, all the chemicals that you put into your body and then extra working out, you're just going to feel like you're more hungry, but this suppresses that you could put it in your morning smoothie. You could put it in your coffee. You could take the drops by themselves, but I prefer not to there. It doesn't really have a taste, but it just tastes better when you put it in something. So those two together are awesome. Gotcha. So that's an all-encompassing line right there of of products. Now, you've been taking these for a, about a year, a little over a year? Yeah, like some of them a little less just because we, you know, I was able to put the products together later. Okay. And then I was able to, I took some stuff out in it. And I was like, okay, let's add this in, which it was, it was so fun. It was really exciting um, to okay. have that creative process and in, you know, uh, making these, but again, it's going to work on the stomach. It's going to work on your energy. It's going to work on your sleep. It's going to work on, you know, even the, the chemicals in your brain to calm the appetite suppressant. It's going to, it's going to work on, um, boosting your metabolism. So all those things yeah. you need to, you know, have working in your favor in order to lose weight. So if all those things are going cray cray and you're working out and you're eating good, you're not going to see results. But if you have that missing piece, if you take the full line, you're going to notice like, oh, I don't have to work out twice a day, you know, because I don't have to kill myself because my body is working in unison. Wow. Okay. So you you have the research behind it. You have the usage behind it because it's literally helped you transform your life. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're reaching out with the combination of, of those things and trying to educate people on it. So yeah, I feel like that was with Fallon. Yeah. So Go ahead, I'm I feel sorry. like that was the missing link. I, I really want to educate people. And I think that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast too. Um, yeah. I'm interviewing different doctors, people in the medical field. Um, tomorrow I'm interviewing an acupuncturist and Reiki healer. And it just, there's so many facets to it. And I just, I really, really want to help people take their health in their own hands and even on the podcast, I'm going to start doing a lot of, you know, education with supplements, with food, and just with, you know, your health in general. I just feel like a lot of people will see, you know, this is the new supplement to take, CMOS, you know, let me just take it. But why are you taking it? Is it going to be beneficial for you? You know, if you're experiencing cert- certain symptoms, like we were saying earlier, you know, certain medications causes 
certain, you know, reactions or can have certain effects. So is there an alternative? For instance, you know, if you have anxiety and say you don't want to take your anxiety pills because it gives you insomnia or it gives you depression, you know, St. John's wort is a great herbal um, remedy along with magnesium, which is calming. Those two together don't have side effects and they're cheaper and they're natural. So eventually I want this line. I want to start off with more fitness just because I think that's something we all want. We're naturally, we all want quick results. So I figured, let me introduce this, gain the trust of my audience. And a lot of people come to me for fitness and weight loss. So I felt like this would be beneficial. But eventually, I want to start introducing some of the other products that I've researched and learned and even other supplements that I take that I want to make myself. So for instance, every day I take um, a product called DIM and it has I3C in it, which these are all herbs, but it helps lower your estrogen levels and it helps you, um, you know, clear them out of your system. And, you know, being that I had issues with too much hormones, this is a great way to help. And if you're having menstrual issues for women or you're going through menopause or just, you know, struggling with your hormones to lose weight, DIM and I3C would be a perfect product. So hopefully later on I can introduce that to the line and many other things. Yeah, yeah. Now, how is podcasting... Uh, how have you found podcasting to be uh, a good education ground for what you have to say? Well, I think, you know, just to hand somebody a pill and, you know, let them go, I feel like is a disservice. You know how there's the saying, you know, you can give a horse water, but if you, what is it? If you, (laughs) yeah, um, you you can give it. I know what you mean. It's sort of like the um, teach a man how to get the water. Like he'll never run out of water for life. Like yeah, I think it's a fish. Give a man a fish and he'll eat. Teach a man a fish and he'll never yeah, starve. Some like, of that. I should. I need to look up analogies. I'm bad at them. But, uh, There's a lot of those that are like that, though. <laughs> I don't blame you. But that being said, it's like I don't want to just hand. I don't want to do what the medical system is doing. You're going into the doctor's office, you're getting a pill and you're going and that's it. I want to give you something and educate you why you're taking this, what it does and how it can help you. Because the more we educate ourselves, the more we can take back control. And then hopefully we can see less issues because especially if you start it's especially if you start when you don't have a lot of issues, you start taking care of your body. Like I was saying, your body is a temple, it's a Ferrari, you know, yeah. you won't have major issues down the road, hopefully go on because you've been doing all the preventative things. And that's what taking care of your body on, you know, a fundamental level, getting the basic nutrients you need, vitamins you need exercise you need, nutrition you need, that is going to boost your immune system so that way you don't get other illnesses and diseases, just like COVID. If you are taking care of your immune system and you're working out and you're eating good and you're taking your supplements, you could get COVID, but it's probably not going to affect 
affect you as bad as somebody who has comorbidities. It's the same thing with other areas of health. As long as you're taking care of yourself, because think about it, our immune system is built to fight off things. Yeah. So, you know, if we're constantly introducing antibiotics, you're going to start to get antibiotic resistance and you're not going to be able to naturally fight off things. So you got to build up your immune system first before it gets to that level. Okay. And that strength, this is more of a current event thing. How do you feel about the upcoming COVID vaccine? You know, I really have mixed feelings about it. Um, I think because, you know, my mom is immunocompromised and I know, you know, like I really didn't get the flu shot before, um, yep. but once my mom got on the list, they said, you know, any family that's going to be around her. And I was her caretaker um, when she got her lung transplant had to have a flu shot and even certain things like if you work in the hospital, certain things like that, you have to have a flu shot. And, um, I feel like, and I also, I used to train this doctor and I used to talk to her about vaccinations and different things. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who feel that vaccinations are harmful because there's a lot of toxins in vaccinations, yeah. However, I remember her looking at me and telling me, you know, you didn't grow up in the era that I grew up. You didn't see all the deaths that scarlet fever caused or, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of things that we are so lucky that I grew up in this part of my life, you know, this yes. era where we didn't experience like my uncle, he's deaf. He wasn't born deaf, but he got um rumbella, I don't know. He got something yeah. when he was little. I think I've heard of that. Yep. Yeah, he got something when he was little and now he's deaf and they didn't have a vaccination then. So, and there was a lot of kids that were getting, you know, or even dying from little things. So I, even though I'm, I'm totally into boosting your immune system and to naturally, if you can, and taking herbs and supplements, I try not to disqualify all of the technology and advancement that we have in medicine. Yeah. Because I think there is a need, just kind of like I was saying earlier, if you get hit by a car and, you know, you need surgery and morphine, like I feel like herbs are not going to help with that. How do you feel about it? You work in the hospital. Yeah, um, I'm kind of cornered um, in a situation where that's my livelihood. Um, yeah. So I didn't get the flu shot before this year. Mm-hmm. And that what the hospital would tell me is it's as long as you wear a mask during flu season, it's yeah. okay. You don't need to get the flu shot. Mm-hmm. So I did that for the past four or five years. And then this year, even though we all have to wear a mask, which is a little strange, they made it a hundred percent mandatory. Yeah. You have to get it. Mm-hmm. So I was against it for a little bit. And then I had my friend, um, uh, Katasha, who's an IV therapist. She was on the podcast mm-hmm. and she's basically, you know, she basically explained to me the whole thought process of like, well, listen, 
if you get the flu and you get COVID on top of the flu, you're doubly fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what she was explaining to me. And, you know, the whole process of like, if you inject yourself with a lighter strain of it, you'll build the antibodies for yeah. the flu and then mm-hmm. you won't get sick. So I'm all with that. However, this thing from them telling us six months ago or so that it would take four to five years to get an actual vaccine to then by the end of the year say, hey, it's yeah. about to be out. <laughs> Um, and then knowing that I'm probably going to be first in line yeah. being a healthcare worker, um, to get this thing. That's, yeah. It's kind of scary. Cause you want to see what it does first before you get it, but they won't let me unless I quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> so they haven't said anything yet. The hospital hasn't said anything yet, but I mean, at two plus two equals four, I'm pretty sure they're going to say, Hey, you guys have to get this now back to our whole conversation that we've been having here. Mm-hmm. The only thing that has given me comfort in this situation is, is that I supplement daily as well. Yeah. Um, I work out daily. I take care of my uh, body for the most part, as much as I can. Uh, my diet could be better, but I still do the best I can. Mm-hmm. And what I'm thinking is, is, well, shit, if they're going to put some shit in my body, I'm probably you're going to be one better of, off than. Yeah, I'm probably one of the better <laughs> off people than everybody else that's around me. Exactly. Um, so that's how I feel about it. But I'm definitely in the crossfire, right? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like you know, it's it, it's hard. It's I. Yeah, I just I don't want to be ignorant and say all oh, vaccines are bad, and you know, because yeah, maybe one day I'm gonna need a vaccine that's gonna save my life. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, I agree with you that we live we live in the safest in the safest time in history. Yeah. I mean, I know it doesn't feel that way when we jump on social media, and I know it looks like <laughs> it's crazy, but yeah, there there was you know sicknesses and, and different situations that were wiping people out left and right um before vaccines and stuff mm-hmm. um so i'm just going to take my you know my chances with it but i hate to to say that i don't care because covid i've been one of those individuals that covid hasn't really affected me one yeah. bit mm-hmm. uh and then when i say that to people i feel very selfish for the people that are affected yeah mhm um, yeah, i and, i had a trainer um mm-hmm. I used to manage her because I used to work in the gyms as a manager and uh, her husband just died of coronavirus. And Yeah. And I can't um, discredit I, that. Yeah. You know, it's just, I think again, we're fortunate because we're healthy that yeah, absolutely. it hasn't affected us. But Well, to me, it's gotten to the point where what I tell people now is it's strange how people prioritize the way they think they're going to die. Because if if you're very realistic about the situation, you got to understand that death is literally at arm's length at all times. Yeah. There's there's no. I mean, I could get the flu and die. I could go outside right now, get smacked by a car. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, anything can happen at any point in time. But for some reason, because you know it's in our face all day, I have to for some reason now put coronavirus as number one. When in my mind, there's a bunch of shit that sit at number one because I can yeah, die yeah. in a lot of different ways right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm worried about Corona. Yes, I do. I'm not one of those that is stupid enough to think it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I do think that this thing is real. Um, but what I try to tell people is, is that I can't be any more scared of Corona than I am of dying for something else. Well, yeah. Cause I feel like whenever you live in fear, I feel like it paralyzes you. And I feel like yeah. that's yeah. why, you know, we're sitting here talking about how important it is to take care of yourself and boost your immune system because that's what's going to help protect you. Absolutely. And it's up to us at the end of the day. So I'm going to leave you with a case scenario okay. and and you tell me how you, what you would tell this person. So I am male or female, you pick. I'm overweight. Mm-hmm. 
my doctor has me on high blood pressure medication. And the only information that I have about getting fit is my Facebook feed. What would you tell that person? Um, I would say I would love to coach you. Here's my prices. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I love that answer. (laughs) I always ask for a health history. That's like the first thing I ask is, you know, I want to know what's your history you know, were you athletic? Were you not? Did you recently gain weight? Like, do you have any other health issues? What health issues run in your family? What type of job do you have? Are you sitting down all day? Are you active? How many steps are you getting a, a day? Um, you know, tell me what you ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner today and snacks. What do you drink every day? Um, yeah. Then from there, I would say, you know, you said you have high blood pressure. Yeah, the person has high blood pressure. They want to get off of that stuff. Oh, they want to get off. Okay, so if you want- Well, they're stuck in the healthcare system. Okay, so I would say, you know, if you're on medication first, you don't want to just jump off, especially if you don't consult with your doctor. But Mm -hmm. I can, you know, of course, help you- you know, see great results so you can get off. Um, but I would say the first, first, first thing you need to do is look at your nutrition. That is like key. You know, it's great to work out, but if you're eating crap, you're gonna, you know, your health is gonna show that it's crappy. So I would start with, um, I would start with the nutrition and, you know, incorporating more vegetables, more fruits, if you're drinking soda and you're drinking sweet tea and that's got to go, like that's, you're not going to, that's, that's like the number one thing too. Like it's, it's done. Like you gotta, yeah. it's, you're drinking diabetes in a bottle <laughs> <laughs> once in a while I see, but if you're having some issues, that's got to go. And then, um, two, I think stress is really important. I I like to see like how stressful your life is and ways to minimize it. And for some, just people just exercising or walking every day. Um, and then I would ask what symptoms do you have? Cause then I'll also know, okay, what vitamins and nutrients this person needs. Everybody should be taking a multivitamin. Like that is like, for sure a non-negotiable multivitamin. That way you cover all your bases. And if you are planning to get pregnant or you want to get pregnant, you should be on um, a prenatal multivitamin just because you need so much folate when you become pregnant. And women who don't supplement prior, um, they have a higher chance of having babies with spinal bifida, which, you know, it's, that's, you don't, you don't want those problems. Complications. Yeah. Yeah. So I say, start with a multivitamin. And then I asked too, like, what are your energy levels? How good are you sleeping? Cause then I know like, okay, we need some vitamin B12. Maybe they need some pre-workout, um, need some magnesium, some, you know, um, melatonin, you know, and then, um, I will off- also offer my supplements. <laughs> yeah. Um, or even, you know, other supplements. I always tell people if you're going to supplement and you don't trust the products or the person selling them, definitely look on reviews, 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 reviews. Like, see definitely. what other people are saying about them. And then 
you know, try them and see how your body react reacts. And if it's not a good reaction, stop. That's not the supplement for you. Um, and okay. then what else? I'm trying to think. I also say too, like, um, you want to be working out at least, you know, if you're, you haven't, if you've been like sedentary, not working out at all, you need to be you know, up and moving at least three times a week minimum. I want you to get it up to four or five times a week. And if you're over 30, you need to be strength training minimum twice a week. Like I said earlier, you lose muscle mass um, after 30 every so many years. So when you have enough muscle, you speed up your metabolism, but especially for women, you will prevent um, getting osteoporosis. Um, you need enough muscle surrounding the bones to protect the bones. So traditionally, people thought like, I need to drink a lot of milk. Dairy is how you get your calcium. But, you know, with the strength training, you could supplement with the pill, but dairy actually has been shown. Women who drink the most dairy have more hip fractures. And that's because the... <laughs> to interest us that. <laughs> yeah, they have more hip fractures and more osteoporosis. And that's because dairy, you have to pasteurize it. Do you know what happens when you pasteurize anything? No, I don't. I don't know the process. of. So you have to like boil it. So very to a high, high degree. So you're killing everything in it because natural dairy, like just straight out the cow has so much bacteria in it. You can, you know, get sick. So they have yeah. to make sure everything is gone. So you're stripping all the nutrients and vitamins from it. So what they're doing is they're just fortifying it. They're just yeah. putting calcium into it. So yeah, you just got fake calcium into it, but you're still drinking dairy, which has a bunch of hormones, has a bunch of, you know, other things. So it's like, you might as well just take a pill. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, eat oranges. Yeah, there's, you know, you want to try to get it from healthier food sources, but in order to like make sure you're getting adequate supplementation, you should be taking a vitamin C. Yeah, without the calories too, right? Because you want to get enough supplementation without having to pack on all the calories and mm -hmm. you know the carbs that you would need. Mm -hmm. um, like I can imagine in a, you know, a full dose multivitamin, you get your vitamin C. But how many freaking oranges it would take for you to get that yeah. dosage of vitamin C? <laughs> yeah, but I will yeah. say this: when you are eating uh, vegetables and fruits, you're also getting fiber, and fiber is so important. Earlier, I was saying, you know, a lot of people ask about where are you getting your protein when it should be? Where are you getting your fiber? We are fiber deficient. I, I was speaking with a doctor and he was like, he's a vegan. And he was like, you know, people always ask me, you know, where do you get your protein? You're not getting protein. And his response was, I've never taken care of anybody in a hospital that was protein deficient. Wow. When have you gone to the hospital and visited somebody because they were protein deficient? Never, I would think. So fiber, when you're not getting enough fiber, you're not going to eliminate and you're going to have a bunch of gastrointestinal issues. And like I was saying earlier, this country has so much uh, digestive and gastrointestinal issues. And that's why, you know, colon cancer, um, yep. stomach cancer is on the rise is because all those years of not being able to clean out your system you know, toxins accrue and then other issues and diseases. So, yeah, I work in an OR and I would tell you that the majority of the cases that I see daily are endoscopy cases for sure. <gasps> really? 
Yeah, um, especially as of late. So much as of late that I've had to add. Um, it, they're called pods, right? Where they're rooms. But I've had to add three new carts of endo inventory because of all the cases that we're picking up. Wow, that is. Oh yeah. Like I, I so, knew it was bad, but I didn't. I guess yeah, it's getting even worse. At <laughs> least here in Worcester, it is. <laughs> But, um, all right, so I, we could do this forever, literally. Yeah, we can. Um, but I where <laughs> I appreciate it, but where could anybody who's interested in anything Fallon related and all this great information and research that you've done and the supplements, let them know where to go? Yeah, you can go to fitwithfallon.com. Um, there you can have access to my pre orders if you want to order the supplements. I can put you on the pre order list if you want to become a client and you want to do health coaching. I do it over the phone. Um, I, you know, if you just want a consultation, you just want to ask questions. If you want to keep up with me, listen to my podcast, um, you can go to iTunes or any platform that you listen to podcasts on, or even my YouTube fit with TV. Um, and then on Instagram at fit underscore with underscore Fallon, or just put fit with Fallon. I should pop up. Um, you can follow me there. I'm the most active on Instagram. I'm trying to become more active on Twitter and Facebook, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited to just help people on another level before it was, let me show you these workout moves, you know? Yeah. Now it's like, no, let me like really like help you. Let me help you live a healthier, longer life, you know? Yeah. The bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah, Fallon, I appreciate you as always. I'm always inspired by the fact that you not only, you know, take action on what you preach, but you research everything and you're willing to try it on yourself before you try it on other people. Um, and a world full of charlatans and a bunch of people trying to take advantage and manipulate people. You are rare and you are needed, especially Aww. with the healthcare system. The healthcare system's falling apart and we, we need people to get this information. You know, Thank my, you. My ultimate yep. goal is um, I want to return to Worcester and I really like even past the supplements. I like, I really want to like help people on another level. You know, I want to yeah. open up um, like a juice bar and an IV clinic and start putting together like government programs, teaching people how to eat, um, you know, letting them get access to foods that, you know, in certain areas we don't have access to. So yeah, I think, um, it's going to be much bigger than just the supplements. Awesome. And I'm rooting for you every step of the way. Um, that IV clinic thing sounds super interesting. I would definitely give that a shot. <laughs> uh, but uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much for coming back for a round two. Oh, uh, yeah. This is awesome. Anytime. Yeah. All right, Fallon. Later. Okay. Take Another great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys see that fitness is not just something that you know, there's a certain way to do it for every single person. It's different for everybody. You should understand your body from a nutritional level and you should understand it from a physical level and you should go at your own pace as long as you have a pace and you're just not ignoring your health. As always, guys, I appreciate y'all. Please rate, share, and subscribe this episode. That's how I continue to have the conversations I want to have and you can continue to have the conversations that you love to listen to. As always, guys, take care.